So Stefan is the man in control. Stefan is always the man under control. And I like, he's, a, <laughs> he's rad because I'm the Speedway guy. I live in the Speedway bubble. And Stefan, we, we yeah. uh, make a joke about this, but he's the guy who lives outside the bubble. He lives in the real world. <laughs> I live in my in the is, slider. <laughs> is Stefan a Speedway fan? I'm he, getting there. He has to be. I am. You're getting there. I don't, I don't have all the, the history uh, of the Speedway, and I'm trying to learn all the, uh, the regulations. But I'm yeah. learning. It's, it's really interesting now. The, the thing is that oh, the more you get involved, the, the, the more fun it is. <laughs> so therefore, we make contact with the man himself, Morgan Hughes from Joe Hughes International, as I commonly refer to it as the Speedway Riders version of Toys R Us. When you, yeah. <laughs> when, when you go to Joe Hughes International, you grab yourself a shopping cart or a basket because you only walk in there to buy maybe a couple of chains, uh, you know, maybe you need a, a really cool color fuel cap or you want to get some, a new set of wheels that's got, you know, black rim and, and red spokes or something like that. But you walk out with a shopping cart full of all the things that you didn't need. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you did need them. You, you probably didn't. At some point, you're going to need them. So you just get them anyway while you're there. <laughs> it's eye candy. Is that how it works? Exactly. So how are you guys doing? You know what? We're uh, we're doing not too bad. I, I speak for myself. Sorry, Stefan. I am the same. It's good. Yeah, well, it's good. And uh, we're having a, and we're having some good weather. Oh, well, the weather is kind of like the topic of conversation everywhere right now, right around Europe, even where you guys are. So you're in you're in England. You're in the Midlands there, in in Derby. Heat heat wave. We're having a heat wave right now. You're having like a crazy heat wave, right? Haven't you guys had something like 53 <laughs> or 55 days of no rain at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. But we're loving it. It's uh, just like Australia. Well, see, you're different though, Morgan. You're not like the, the typical English person, I think, because you're pretty international. You've been all over the world <laughs> numerous times, and you've, you seem to fit in well with the super hot climates in, in Australia or in California or wherever the heck you end up in Spain. So, yeah, we love it. To the average British person, do they really love this extended heat wave, or are they are they ready to be cooled down and, and uh, get wet again? <laughs> Everybody is complaining about it, and it's just <laughs> I'm just I'm just loving it. I'm just loving it right now. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people complaining about it. And that's saying it's too hot. They want it to be cooler. If it's cooler, they'll be complaining. Man, it's you know, it's the same here in Sweden. You know, being here this summer, Stefan knows it better than than I do, of course. But I've never seen anything like this. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's all across Europe, isn't it, at the moment? But let's not complain. Let's just enjoy it. You know what? I th the last, I mean, it's it's like two and a half months, at least, maybe three months of you know, the better part of 23 to 30 degree weather every day. And even the nights, some of the nights have been what they call tropical nights, oh, yeah. right? Where yeah. it doesn't go below 20 degrees. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I mean, you wake up in the morning yeah. and fans are going, because, we, you know, we don't have air conditioning or anything like that. So it's <laughs> so, so <Yeah>. hot. <laughs> we've, got some, uh, we've got some friends over from Australia right now. 
and uh, they they landed uh, last week, and they're loving the weather, oh, just like their Australian summer. Well, fact, com- you'll you'll know who it is. The Cox family has to be. No, no, Steve oh. Langdon family. Oh, the Langdon family. I was sure that you were going to say the Cox yeah. family there. Okay, the Langdons. These <laughs> those are like your adopted Australian families, right? Yeah, yeah. Whenever you go to Australia, as you know, Greg, um, you're always made welcome. You've always got a bed. They even lend you the car. Um, whatever, whatever it is, um, they're always welcoming. And I guess that's that's part of the Speedway family. And we both know it. And wherever you go in the world, it's almost like an open door. That is so true. Um, yeah. It's just what we've always done. My mum and dad did it um, in the past when my dad was racing. And you just make so many friends around the world. It's fantastic. Yeah, you know what? That's that's um, interesting you said that too because you, your parents have always been had the door open. So you've pretty much grown up in a society of everybody's equal, everybody's welcome. And you've had a lot of people come and go through your doors and they still coming and going. So yeah, for sure. The hospitality is second. If we, if, we, if we worked out how many world champions we've had through the door and staying overnight, <laughs> it'd be a lot. I think a few of us have had a key for a period of time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I just wanted the key definitely to the warehouse. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not many people get that key. No, that's right. I understand. You know, so if you do, well, Big Rich, he probably had a key, right? Big Rich, he's got his key. He, uh, he actually flew in today, or last night, late last night, he flew in to the UK. So that's funny because um, I sent him a message yesterday to his American number and he didn't reply. So now I know why he didn't reply. He was in. He'll be airborne. <laughs> so do you want to tell everybody uh, yeah. here why? Why is Big Rich in the, in the UK? Why are these Australian people in the UK? I think there's a little something going on yeah, in the next few days, right? Yeah, there's. There is a little bit of something going on in Derby on uh, on Monday, actually. Yeah, I'm uh, very excited you. about it. Oh. Uh, that is uh, that is absolutely awesome news that uh, Greg's going to be joining us um, for our for our wedding oh. on Monday in Derby. Congratulations! So we're getting married on Monday. Monday on Monday, he's getting married Monday, on Monday. Coming, yeah. How many people in the world do you know have gotten married on a Monday? Now I know one. <laughs> <laughs> why a Monday? Well, it's uh, why a Monday in the middle of summer. Yeah, we chose a Monday. We chose a Monday so we could have some special guests and some very good and close friends like Greg um, come to the wedding because on a Sunday they're racing in Poland, Tuesday they're racing in Sweden, so we figured they could get to England on the Monday. So your wedding is scheduled from the Speedway World's schedule. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, if, yeah. If he wanted to get married in the summer and have all the people that he's grown up and spent his whole life with, that was the only choice he had. <laughs> <laughs> what an understanding hey, wife to be. One, <laughs> you've got to choose one day when there's no Speedway. And that, so you know what, it, looks like, it looks like... It looks like we picked the perfect day because the weather's looking like it's going to be about 25, 26 degrees oh, and some beautiful sunshine. You guys so, picked the right day and the right year. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's set uh, it's set in a beautiful old mill over four floors, and there's a river next to there. It'll be absolutely beautiful. Wow. And the tuxedo so, is off after two. two. When, when the wedding is done, then you take all the clothes off. In, in that heat, you know, <laughs> go for it. In the shorts, <laughs> in the river. Is that, what, <laughs> is that what's going to happen after? Right after the uh, I do, everybody's got to strip off all their clothes and yeah. jump in the river. <laughs> Stunning in <laughs> That'll be uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> very understanding wife again. <laughs> yeah, very understanding. Very understanding wife. Can you yes, please have sure. white boxer shorts on? <laughs> white. <laughs> A wet t-shirt contest no it's a wet underwear contest yeah. <laughs> we want it everything's going to be revealed yeah yeah so no we're uh, we're really excited about it and uh really grateful that greg and uh, a few other spirit riders are going to be able to make it so yeah really hey i'm grateful for the uh invitation the whole family was invited and uh as morgie just said we have the poland sunday we have sweden tuesday and uh, Bill, our little guy, has got this football cup this weekend. Wilbur's off to Denmark for, for 10 days with Eric Gunderson. Oh. So we're like half of us. Everybody's super busy. Everyone's everywhere. But I can't miss this. I wouldn't miss it for the world. And like Morgie, you and I, we go so far back. From, yeah, I know. From pretty much day one of me touching, touching the uh, European soil 1989 may of 1989 morgan was already a greatly heath you were there yeah. and you know there's a few photos floating around now too that we've been uh you've been sharing with me and i've got photos in my albums in the u.s i don't have them with me which i'm bummed about but uh you're really starting to to date <laughs> or show our our true uh, <laughs> we're getting age. we're getting old dude we you can say we're getting old yeah you can say it like that we're getting old right. dude yeah but we look good i tell you what we look good for our age yeah yeah for sure <laughs> and uh no, I, I was i was looking up to come to your wedding and um that was an awesome day too but yeah just going back to the, to the speedway um back in 89 when you first came over um i was clearly juniors and we've kind of built our friendship from there on haven't we you know what? It's uh, it's more of a friendship that than a business. You know, I had the business side uh, where I became a part of the Joe Hughes or the Hughes family. You know, in in that sense, the way I look at it, because your dad, I think from day one, he gave me the support and help with a with a, a generous discount yeah. on buying parts, and that discount has gone right up to present day. So he obviously, you know. He, he liked us and, and uh, we ended up becoming, you know, we were there more often than not hanging out with you or you were hanging out with us. And, you know, we went in there. Yeah, and that was yeah. The greatest thing ever is, you know, you're, I was living with Lance King and if I, we lived in the Midlands and if we needed a part from Joe Hughes, it wasn't that far to drive, but if for some reason you didn't have the time because you were building your bikes, you called to Joe, his Morgan's dad, mm -hmm. and you ordered the part and they had the courier service. It was on your door the next day. It was unreal how quick, like I just remember, like yeah. it, just, it would just happen, and uh, that was before web shops. That was way before web shops. <laughs> it was just you had actually had to call somebody. You really did. You had to call. Somebody. Yeah. 
Not a school. There was no text messaging or anything like that. <laughs> you had to call them. You had to go into it. the house and use the you wife. had to speak to somebody. <laughs> yeah, I actually had to talk to them. And Morgan <laughs> and I used to talk to each other. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but, but yeah, but yeah we, we, we try to continue that service up until the present day now. So you pretty much say so you kind of build your, yeah, build your customer base that way. Yeah, if I need something from, you know, quick or whatever i call morgan and you know even me being based in sweden these days if i get it in before a specific time in the uk i can still have it the next day you know with and they have such a great deal with with their uh with their uh freight people or their shipping logistics it's it's like yeah it's guaranteed That's so cool. he always says do you want it or do you want a standard <laughs> <laughs> in fact i've got a parcel coming out to you today haven't i yeah, exactly. There's yeah, we got a, got a parcel. <laughs> how how big is coming out to to Wilbur? I think they are they for Wilbur's bike. Yeah, nearly everything in that order, actually everything in that order that I've got from you right now is for Wilbur's bike. Yeah, yeah. And it started See? off with I needed and a pipe, and then I needed a sprocket, and then it was like, oh yeah, I need this sprocket, <laughs> then I need that sprocket. I'm like, Morgan, have you sent those parts yet? Because if you <laughs> haven't, hang on, I got more. <laughs> I love the I love the way he's spending his dad's money. Yeah, he's yeah he's pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty good at it. Don't tell his mom. No, no. In fact, is Bill, is Bill playing football? Is he the footballer? Mm-hmm. He's he's yeah, also much fun. cheaper. Well, it's a lot cheaper, and and uh, you know I I sometimes feel bad and feel guilty because. Bill's living the Speedway world with us, whether he wants to or not. And he fits right in and he's such a good, he never complains, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah. he deserves a lot more than he gets because uh, he's, he's, he's an awesome kid. They all three are awesome kids, but he gets overshadowed yeah. constantly by this, this Speedway life. Speedway that, world. Yeah, Wilbur's just absorbing it all and he's, he plays it well, you know? He's a little young adult and yeah. he's got it all figured out. <laughs> So, but that's it's, awesome yeah it's it's really awesome and it's fun because it's you know the generations are 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 coming and uh you've you've seen a few of them if you look back now when we were you know you were racing yourself when we started in 89 yeah and uh, just a young junior and looking at this that photo you just sent today too it's classic when you got the 89 crave the heath vest on jersey uh, the race yeah yeah back in 89 yeah well i'm not sure if I'm pretty sure I've I've raced with you. Um, might have been 1990 or 89. I can't remember exactly, but uh, I got a couple of chances to race in the Cradle team. Um, one of the, one of the times was at Bradford, and to this day it was probably the best speedway track I've ever ridden on. I'm not sure about you, Greg, but it was such an awesome track. Really awesome, and probably one of the fastest, right? Yeah, yeah. When uh, when you actually walk the track, I can remember actually looking up the corners. And they were so high and so banked, but it made for so many different racing lines, mm -hmm. um, and and great racing. Really great racing. We you remember the nineteen ninety was nineteen ninety World Final there, right? When Perry Johnson won. Yeah, I think it was there. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that you and yeah. I and Billy and everybody that sat up in the grandstands in turn one and watched? Could have been, yeah. I don't know if you, Billy and I were definitely there. Maybe you could have been involved in the pits or somewhere at that point too. But uh, yeah, that was ninety because ninety one you were with Billy and Gothenburg, huh? 
when you worked with him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you just reminded me of another Bradford um, trip that you were making. And I had a phone call. You remember your van fire? Oh my gosh. Yeah. 1997. Remember that? Yeah. What, I can remember. What year was that? 97. That's the year I won. 97. Yeah, I had a, wow. I, didn't that for well, you I, I was in I was in a workshop, I think, cleaning cleaning Sam Malenko's bikes because I was mechanic of the Sam then. Yeah. And I get a phone call from Sam saying you need to get the bikes built and in the van and drive them straight to Bradford. And I was like, Why? What's happened? And you was on the way to Bradford for was it a Grand Prix? Then? Yeah, it was it was the Grand Prix. A Grand Prix wasn't it? Yeah. We did practice on, and, on uh, Friday, yeah, and then we it was the race Saturday. It was one of them really unusually hot days in England then. <laughs> yeah, you tell you tell us what happened on the way. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't in the. I stayed in a hotel up there near Bradford, and uh, my mechanics Craig and Roger it was, it, and their families. Was they drew, they Craig drove wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Craig was driving. Him and Roger were in the car with their families, and uh, and Tracy Hart yeah. was there too. I think she was in the car with them. So they, they all yeah. drove back to Tamworth and cleaned the bikes after practice. And then they were on their way to the race on race day. I don't remember exactly what time it was, but obviously to get there in time for all the technical info and all that. Um, they, were, they just got off the motorway there, right where you turn off the M62, is it? Or M60, M62, it was, yeah. yeah. And that, what a memory. That was good. It's all coming back to you. <laughs> uh, that's all, yeah. Oh, rad. So uh, they were just got off the motorway, and at one part they were turned there, and they were stopped at a, at a roundabout, I think, or a, a traffic light. And and suddenly they heard a woof, and yeah. a fire had broken out. They were the, the girls were sitting in the back, and Craig and Roger were in the front, and one of the maybe Craig's wife was in the front seat too. I think Roger was in the middle they seat, said that, and Craig's wife was on they the said that, uh, Yeah. They said that uh, a wall of flame just flew under their feet, didn't it? Yeah, came from the back underneath the seat they were sitting in the back. And like, like yeah. yeah, just woof, and they heard it, and this flame woof. came out. And literally, I think Roger, I remember Craig, and they, they laugh about it now because everybody can, but Craig said Roger had gone over the top of Craig's wife from the middle seat over the front of the bench in the front of the van, out the window or out the door <laughs> before she had even gotten out. <laughs> he was first door. out. <laughs> yeah, he was first out for sure. And uh, everybody got out okay, thankfully. And I mean, they ran around the back yeah. and opened the back doors. And he, they just said it was a wall of flames and they just started grabbing what they could to get out of the car and they got two bikes out. And I don't remember all the other things. Yeah. The, I think we bought toolboxes and spares and sprockets, I think, because you'd lost those in the fire. I and mean, that's what I ended up bringing up for you. But yeah, yeah it was crazy. That was a crazy. Nuts. My number one bike got stuck. The back wheel, it got so hot that quick, the back wheel melted to the bike rack. Oh, shit. And they couldn't get the, the third bike out. That was my number one bike that year. It was like my favorite ever. Oh, man. And uh, I remember we lost that one and it was like such a shame. So, uh, and that was just hours before the race started. So like Morgan said, we just, this is where yeah. Speedway family comes alive. And, you know, I, I, I try not to meet many enemies <laughs> over the, over my years. And <laughs> yeah, I started to make, I made a couple of phone calls. One was to Sam, I think, or Sam and the guys, and which got to Morgan and then Josh Larson and some of the guys that were living in our area, Chris Manchester. And within yeah. a couple of hours, I mean, I had nothing. We had just my two bikes and my gear bag. Mm -hmm. We ended up, I, I had more equipment in the pits before the race started than, 
and I think wow. the pits are well. <laughs> so rad. I had bikes, I had engines, I had sprockets, I had tools, I had air, I had everything. And yeah. you know, that's when you realize how uh, you know people are always there to help. You know, and it's you always give back. So you never know what's around the corner. You don't burn a bridge, no. and those ones that burn the bridge, that you know, I've heard of. You know, there's been a few that have burned the bridge between us and. And uh, I yeah. always forget, yeah. you know, but it's still, it never leaves you. You know, you think, gosh, I never did anything wrong. I always tried to help out. And then someone burns you and you're like, is it my fault? Yeah. <laughs> for, letting, for letting them burn me? But anyway, but, yeah, true friends, never burned true me. friends stick no. together. And yeah. How did um, the race go? It's a good, it's a good friendship we've got. It's a really good friendship. Really good friendship. And yeah. Stefan just asked how the race went. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that I made it to the final that night. And I think I was the last in the final. But Brian Anderson. But that was the year. Mm-hmm. That was the year you was world champion, wasn't it? Because we came to Boyens. I think you clinched it in Boyens, didn't you? I did, yeah. The, and the more cool thing was, so after this, after this event, we're taking this conversation away from you, Morgan. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> after after this all event. About me. All about me. <laughs> and typical Greg, you know, he wants to talk about himself again. Once <laughs> <laughs> again, I'm rolling. Yeah, don't let yeah, I'm like an old oh, dude. Yeah. you get me going? You can't slow me down. We all, we all know Greg so well. <laughs> Hancock time, dude. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> but the following GP, which was a couple of weeks later, I had uh, some great friends through through a guy named Jeff Davies, who a lot of people know in England too, and uh, he worked for Rover and was a photographer. But he had some some friends and people through uh, Peugeot, working in Peugeot in England there in the Midlands. And one of the guys there became a really good friend, and he gave me a van to use for the rest of the year. Oh, so we got this this nice van, and we fixed it up quick just so that we could get everything ready for the next GP loaded everything up on the car. We're on the way to Rock, Rock Love, I think it was. It was Rock Love. Yeah, Poland. could have been, yeah. Yeah, so we're all loaded up and the whole crew and all the equipment. We're on the way to Rock Love. We get into Germany and we're quite far down the road. And uh, suddenly the van broke down. No. <laughs> and I quit in the middle of the motorway. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> talk about a test, right? Yeah. The test of all tests. Here we are. We just had this van burn down. Here we are on the way to the next GP. And the car stops in the middle of Germany. It's like, somebody doesn't want me to win the world championship. That's what I kept thinking in my head. Who's trying to stop me from, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And uh, anyway, long story short, phone call back to the guys at Peugeot. They said, listen, we will radio. We'll fix it up if we can get that your van onto a flatbed and drive you, get you back to Calais in France. Mm-hmm. We will have send a driver with another van down to Calais, down to Dover. He'll take the ferry across. He'll meet you in Calais. You guys can swap cars. Maybe we'll take the car back, and um, you're on your way. That's how it worked. We all got back in the, this big flatbed truck. Showed up. We all crammed into it loaded the van up onto the back of it. We drove, I don't know, five, four or five hours back to Calais in France. That guy was there waiting for us when we got there. We literally jumped out. We took everything out of our van, threw it in the new, this new van, piled in and we bolted and we showed up minutes before practice started. We still made it for practice. Oh, you did? Minutes before the practice oh, started. Climbed <laughs> out, everything gone, and then went out there and I ended up winning that event. Oh extended my lead in the championship and it was like 
that was the test. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, yeah it worked. That was your. Uh, yeah, you just you never get your year. What happens if you not show if you don't show up for the practice? Is that okay or? Oh yeah, it's okay if you don't. You didn't need to practice, but like, I wanted to ride. I want to practice. This is all part of it. You yeah, gotta course, find yeah. what. I just lost my number one bike. I want to find the bike that's going to be right for the day. All of these things are the motions, the the mental stress, you know, and all the work that my mechanics and all the people around me put into this whole thing. You know, it was just like this was a big year between Craig and Roger and and all the guys. It was, you know, I take my hat off to each and every one that put something into this because without them, it would never would have happened. That is awesome. Yeah. You too, Morgan. Everybody works so hard as a team, don't they? Even yeah. even to the day to this day. Um, all it, everybody involved in the team um, and it's all the all the hard work behind the scenes that wins world championships well you've you've been a part of many of those world championships with guys like Billy Hamill uh, yeah. at some point with Sam Malenko of course you've been working yeah. with numerous guys you've been working back and forth with me for many years as a mechanic as a supporter as a just an advisor in many cases and a supplier. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if you think about it, you've had numerous hours of burning the midnight oil, right? Oh yeah. Many, many a drive to Poland. Um, I know when I was helping Sam with a drive on a Friday night uh, from Derby, which is where we're based. And I think at the time uh, Sam was running for Wooch in Poland and you'd have to drive through the night so you go down to Calais and then all the way through Germany you get to Poland exhausted after driving 24 hours sometimes on your own sometimes with some friends or other mechanics um, get up on Sunday morning do the race and then you've got to be back in England which is race at Wolverhampton on Monday night and that is uh, that was some long weekends and often, often we had some rain-offs and that's when it gets hard work <laughs> because you drive all that way for a rain-off and you've still got to turn around and drive home. And they reschedule for the um, day after or something. So you drive all the way back to England, do that race and you have to turn around straight, drive straight yeah. back. That's happened too, right? Back again. Yeah, yeah. It's just constant. And it's a thousand miles to Poland, a thousand miles back. But I guess when you're younger, you can do it. And I wouldn't say I'd be doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right behind you. Be, yeah, yeah. I'd be doing the air travel, I think, if I needed to do it. Well, I I take the air but, travel sorry. option as much as possible these days, as do my mechanics. <laughs> so unless they absolutely have to drive, they they uh, we find it much more advantageous uh, to to have equipment in in Sweden and equipment in Poland, and let the mechanics travel between when we when we can. And uh, then they're, yeah. they're rested. They're not completely worn out. You know, they've had a good meal. They've had a good night's sleep. They're they're hydrated, etc. And um, I guess I guess things are different now to what they were 20 years ago when I was doing it. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Poland has changed so much. Polish speedway has changed so much. Um, you know, even driving across Poland when I first went there um, was an experience. And I think uh, you agree, Greg, that that country's moved on so much um, in many ways. 
Absolutely. The, you think about your dad too. One right? of the memories. Yeah. I mean, my dad never got to race in Poland, but he, when he was racing, um, he was doing a lot of international grass tracks and he got to race in East Germany before the wall came down. And um, I think that's as far east as he got. But yeah, things have changed so much now. I do remember when I was helping Billy in uh, Billy Hamill in '91. Mm-hmm. One of our furthest, one of the furthest trips was when we went to Rovno in uh, Russia. Yeah. And um, you remember the old red transit van he had? Yeah. And uh, I think it was the time when the CDs had just come out, and we got a CD player in the van, and I drove all the way to the Polish border. And uh, back then, you had to wait ten hours in traffic to get through the border. Was that just and you and the CD player that drove? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and the CD player. And actually, in that on that trip to Russia, we had uh, Ty Wuffenden's dad, Rob, with mm-hmm. us, and um, Neil Machin. Of course, I was going to say Neil. Those, they were like. Oh, they were Neil, like Neil Machin, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I think I was only about eighteen, seventeen, eighteen years old. We drove all the way to Poland, and as soon as we got on the the CD player wouldn't work. Oh. Just because the roads were so bad. The, the <laughs> CDs just kept skipping and skipping. So we ended up dismantling the dashboard, taking the CD player out, and I think it was Neil or myself or somebody had a pillow on their knee, and we were balancing the CD player on there just to get the music. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was some trip. Oh, see, that's the kind of stuff. You, yeah. Do you remember what kind of music it was? Do you remember oh, the first CD you got? Like, I can't remember now. Um, but we had all sorts of CDs in the end because Billy was into all sorts of music. But okay. um, no, we uh, we had a good trip. We got all the way to Robna. I think it was a, a semi final, and he actually won the semi final. Right. The king before, of Robna. Yeah, when we got to the Russian border. Um, there was actually a police escort waiting for us all. We had to all meet. There was probably about eight of us, eight speedway vans um, from all over Europe. There was some Swedes, I think. Jimmy Nielsen was there, Paul Thorpe, um, maybe Mark Ram. There was quite a few guys, and we had a police car at the front, a police car at the back. And we drove about 10 hours into Russia in a convoy. And uh, such an experience. And we got to the hotel and they'd organized everybody on the trip and got their own interpreter. So whatever you wanted, you just asked them. It was, it was an amazing, amazing trip. And, and when Billy won it, it just chopped off the whole trip. And such a long drive home, but it was worth it. That, you know, to win it, to go home with that win, that would definitely make it worth it. Yeah. Think, think about some of the guys who might might not have qualified it just went all that way. That would have been in like doubly as long ride home, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Especially if you just like missed out about the last place. But that's racing and that speedway, as you know, you've had ups and downs in your career. Yeah. Um, still, still to the day. You're... Yeah, Billy went on to go. Billy went to the world final that year, and uh, which was in Gothenburg, and uh, that was my first ever experience of a world final as a as a mechanic and then from there we went on to help yourself uh, we did a couple of australia trips 
together, didn't we? Yeah, those were they, those, you know those on the, those were really fun. On the, on the, on the David Tapp series. Gosh, yeah. We probably, we probably saw more of Australia than uh, a lot of Australians. Man, those are probably some of the most memorable, great times, travel times I've ever had for sure. You know, and you were part of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know, it was so 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 funny. We had such a laugh, didn't we? Oh my gosh, the people we met on that first tour in Australia that I that I did. I don't know if that was your first one there or you had been there before maybe. Um, but for me it was Yeah, I think, yeah I'd done a, uh, not on the taxis, but I'd been to Australia before then. But uh, yeah, just the, the riders, all the riders traveling together, being together all the time. Everybody got along and um, some very, very great memories we've had. Oh man. I think about the people we met on that first trip, the David Tapp series. Uh, yeah, we were there. We flew in. I'm just, New I'm just looking at some old photos now. Oh gosh, I think and, we flew uh, in. We left like Christmas Day or something, and we we landed. That's in, right. Yeah, my my trip was almost was about thirty hours from LA. By the time I I had to go to Auckland first, and then I went from Auckland to Sydney, and then Sydney to Perth. And it was like, it was like yep. 30 hours or something. It took me to get there, my first trip oh, to Australia. Shit. And I went from middle of winter in California, which is really cold. Oh, yeah. Really cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's probably like, <laughs> was it 20 degrees or something? And then I went to like 35 or 38 or whatever it was in Perth. And I remember I was almost dying when I got yep. there. Just, and everyone get there and everyone's in the pool and the beers were open. <laughs> That's how I started my first trip to Australia. We had such a good time. I'll never forget that first coming to the hotel. And all, everybody was there. You were already there too, I think, Morgie. And, and uh, it kicked yeah. off from there. And we spent two, two and a half months in Australia and did maybe. Yeah, 10, just traveling across it, Australia. Was it 10 or 12 races we did in two and a half months? Oh, there's, there's, a, lot, know, yeah. there's a lot of downtime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we made the most of it. There, was, like, a, there yeah. was a lot of beer drunk. There was, yeah, was <laughs> David Tapp. <laughs> David Tapp was, he, he was doing Speedway. He was doing Grand Prix Speedway before Grand Prix Speedway had actually had just taken off in 95. That, that was the first year, right? And um, David yes. was the yes. promoter who we really hope to have on the podcast uh, at some point because the guy's, he's an iconic figure in Australia. You know, he's well known for his voice and his commentary that he does around from different. Is he for, originally was like, uh, was it Aus, Australian Rules? And wasn't he doing some of that stuff for you? Yeah, I think he does a lot with the sprint cars, doesn't he? I think. Yeah, he did that too. Wasn't there? Was there more of the other stuff first, or was it sprint cars first? Or maybe he can tell us. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Yeah, he he got his family, and he was travelling with us, wasn't he? Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he was rad, and we had some, We did, yeah. We had some good riders on that tour too. I was just looking at some photos. There was Tony Cardson, Simon Wig. Sano Malenko. Yep. Um, Jakob Olsen. Mm -hmm. yep. Lee Adams. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, really good times. I just have a, a maybe off topic, but you don't race anymore. No, no. no. I, um, I raced for Cradley when I was uh, 16, 17. And I was in an individual meeting um, at Oxford Speedway. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I had a crash and went through the fence and I broke my pelvis, my foot, my arm oh. and I was in a bit of a mess for uh, a couple of months. In one crash, huh? You really yeah, that. yeah. It was a big crash. That mm. uh, yeah, there was a lot of people crashing that year for some for some reason, um, and my confidence wasn't there. So I, I took some time out, and that's when Billy Hamill asked me to mechanic for him, and uh, I ended up doing mechanicing then, and never got back on a bike since. Really, you haven't? I think I may have been on a bike once. I think I went to Kings Lynn. Um, might have been 98 or 99 and uh, I, spun, I spun some laps but I don't uh, I don't have the desire to get back on a speeder bike you don't know I can see that no <laughs> <laughs> but but with all this experience and the, the background and stuff like that how do you see the speedo has changed over the years until now um I don't know if Speedway's changed uh, as much as it's become a lot more professional, um, a lot more competitive, I think, at the, at the Grand Prix level. I'm sure Greg will uh, agree that you've, you've yeah. got to be super fit. Um, you've got to be so mentally strong. Um, and you can see the ones that are, because they're the ones that are doing the winning. Yeah. But, um, everybody else has got to has got to catch up to that uh, because I think that's that's what everybody is is aiming for, and and you've got to be there. But Greg Greg does an amazing job. I know Greg's super fit. Um, Not super. I think fit. Greg wishes he was twenty twenty years younger, but then I would we're, be we're all getting older. <laughs> I have <obviously> super fit. <laughs> but you, you've probably seen it as well, Greg, haven't you? changes yeah i mean it, it's fun just to hear you say it too because you you're you've lived it the same way i have but maybe just on the other side of the fence and uh you deal with everybody he at, at least as much as yeah. i do you know is that yeah. something that you can see in your industry too when they're ordering parts and it's more i don't know how to say it is it more um good question actually this i was hoping to ask morgan a little bit about this that's so cool do you know what I want to say in, in English? Uh, that they are more specific about what they want or they are more they need more quality and everything. Yeah, that's that's one thing that me and Greg will agree on. Um with what's happened in recent weeks. Um we won't go into too many details, but um you need quality parts on your Grand Prix racing machines. Um you see the focus that Greg and the top guys have on their equipment and it's got to be the best equipment. Um, I think it was a couple of, a couple of years ago um, that they let titanium come into Speedway and mm -hmm. that's changed uh, the bikes a lot because titanium's light, it's strong um, and it makes everything last longer and the quality is so much better. Um, Obviously, there's a weight limit on the speedway bike, so there's only uh, so much titanium you can use. But, how do you keep the quality? You know, up? How? Yeah. Do you um, know what I mean? How do you just? You don't race, just, but um, you, you probably can advise a lot. 
That, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, you're dealing with the writers, so you know what the demand is, but you're also dealing with the manufacturers or the producers and stuff like that. That's that's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, we all know there's a lot of parts come from China. Um, we try not to deal with a lot of the Chinese parts um, because we can't guarantee the the quality. So, a lot of the quality are manufactured in the UK and Europe, mm-hmm. and that's what we we base our uh, business on and selling quality parts. Um, so we have no problems and people and riders don't have any problems. Um, so yeah, Greg, Greg would agree that that's what you're going to do. Do you do your yeah. own parts too? We don't manufacture our own parts. Some parts we do, but we have, um, we have a, um, uh, we'll distributor of certain parts. Um, so we supply uh, parts to Sweden, Denmark, Poland, Australia, America, all over the world, really, where there's Speedway. You can basically say uh, that Joe Hughes International is the world's largest Speedway distributor. I think it's pretty safe to say that, Morgan, whether you would. <laughs> that is awesome. We, 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 try, we, try, we try to be, but... You know, yeah, nobody tough, likes to blow it? their own trumpet. Yeah, it is getting tough, yeah. No, I can blow it for this you. Because tough I mean, in general. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, obviously, I've seen from what's how your what the business model that your dad set up originally, and and that um, yeah, and what you've taken over over the years, and now obviously running, taking over the complete business yourselves. Uh, yeah. Of course, things are changing, and I mean, in the in the world, everybody's moving to Asia and, and other countries to try to develop a, a, a more uh, I guess cheap is the best way to put it type of part but that's yeah that's in everything we do today right you don't not everybody goes to the top everything of the store yeah they all go to the the you know the these places uh, that make a, a cheaper quality part but you can buy 10 times to the one good quality part most of the time but people go for the price in that moment rather than thinking long term and, and uh, you know it's that's the business model of today sadly but it's what you yeah. Do. yeah. Do you do you know in, in big numbers how many articles you have in your in your book or in your? Oh, <laughs> there's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of pieces oh. on a bike. I can see him working, counting on his fingers right now. One, two, <laughs> four. Three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how many parts. I saw that you have a lot of things, not just the, the parts. You have the the clothes and the there's a a lot of yeah there's a lot of parts involved with speedway and uh when you've got a a speedway business you've got to have more than one part in stock and i I don't know how many parts we've got but i would have a guess at maybe a hundred thousand wow which is a lot yeah it's got to be at least when you take when you take when you take into account all the nuts and bolts and then yeah in, in engines and carburetors and chains and there's so many parts it's unbelievable but you guys you don't just stock the parts that we're using today you stock the parts that are even from the past right so you can get yep. you can buy quality original products for an old job or a jp or or you know i am isn't that true Morgan? or am i no no that's true yeah we we, we still manufacture today uh, things like the exhaust pipes for 
uh, bikes that you first started riding, Greg, a uh, uh, GM Upright. Um, in England, the Upright bikes have actually come back in fashion, and uh, there's a lot more people wanting to restore them. There's, there's a, a future people... for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, when, when you, yeah. <laughs> we can build you an Upright bike, Greg, no problem. But if go, if, go, go in the up, upright racing when you retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have but yeah, like frames and things like that too? So if if my kids want to start riding, can I give you one call and say that I want to everything to build a bike? Build a bike, and, and you can send me a yeah. package. Pretty much, we can do that. Yeah, cool. as we did that with uh, we, we did that for Wilbur, didn't we? Thing was, it was that thing we was just. Wil that we is... set Wilbur up with a, a junior bike ready to go, and he's now progressing to a, a two fifty. Is that right, Greg? That's right. He's 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 been yeah. kind of halfway there for over a year now, and uh, now he's. We actually had a, a practice yesterday, and uh, which probably people saw on, mm -hmm. on social media because we're pretty quick to you know, <laughs> you know, blast all whatever we got, but. He's, uh, yeah, he's really moving. But Morgan built the first junior speedway bike for him, complete ground up, and had it. I remember I still got the video of you you guys taking it for the first start around your place and then drained all the fuel and everything up. That's right. And sent it to me in Sweden. Oh, that's <laughs> and then cool. we put it back together and <laughs> put the fuel in it. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's... Away you go. Yeah, still, it's, it's crazy. You can just... Interesting thing with Speedway, and, and we tried it here in Sweden, too, when uh, Roger and I had the Hancock distribution business, we, we built complete bikes, race ready bikes, uh, like Morgan built in England too. Mm -hmm. And uh, because we were dealing with motorcycle dealers, so we built complete bikes, bought engines from here and chassis through Stua and all the, all the contacts that I have in the, in the world, built the bikes up and we just placed four bikes in uh, different dealers around Sweden just to put on their showroom to show, so when you're walking around, you want to buy a motocross bike for yourself, and then your son's with you, and you want to buy a little peewee, or you want to buy something, and then there's a road bike over in the corner, and there's a trials bike, and there's a speeder bike. Mm. And just to see if people would take an interest in, hey, where do you get one of these? And the amount of people that yeah. came and looked at it and took an interest and maybe looked at the price and information about it, not one person ever inquired to buy one not one and not we had one. them we had them over almost a year i think on the market wow. and not one person in the in the everyday world looked at it so we always wondered why like morgan if he if he want to buy a speedo bike he call somebody like morgan or whatever the dealer that might be in your area um and you basically he says okay what frame do you want what wheels do you want what handlebars do you want what kind of seat what kind of uh you know covers colors and he basically and, it, uh, and i guess you base it on on who's buying the bike and where where they've come from uh are they familiar with speedway uh and i guess you'll agree greg that a lot of new speedway riders whether they be eight years old or 18 years old mm -hmm. they've either started out with motorbikes or they have parents that have ridden motorbikes mm -hmm. so you can kind of base uh what they want on where they've come from um in england we've had in the past a few motocross guys start speedway uh craig cook being one of them mm 
mm-hmm. uh, that's gone on to be a Grand Prix rider. And they probably never ever thought they'd be a speedway rider. That's but, the uh, the kids, the kids are the future for sure, um, and we probably need to do so much more in the UK uh, to catch up with places like Poland, uh, places like Sweden, and Denmark, who have such a good uh, kids program. Um, that you agree, Greg? That you know, sure. Um, in, in England is struggling with uh, with juniors. Although we have a couple of good lads coming through now with Robert Lambert and Dan Bewley uh, hitting the scene. And Dan Bewley, but, um, wasn't he another motocrosser? Dan, yeah, he's come from the motocross side. So, uh, and he's going to be a good lad. Um, he's going to be really He's good. one of our customers. So, yeah, he's going to be good. He's, and he's a really nice lad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, have you ever seen like a, a small speedway track or something where you can go and rent it for like half an hour or something like like you do with go-karts all right for kids or is it too dangerous yeah well in england we struggle with the noise and uh built-up areas especially if somebody hears a motorbike racing around a track they almost instantly phone the police and say it's too noisy and then you have problems Places get closed down because of the noise problems. But we're quite lucky here in Derby. We have a local speedway track in Burton-on-Trent. And they uh, just do a training for the children. So it's just a training track. Mm-hmm. And we actually uh, we actually built uh, a couple of bikes for the kids to go and try speedway. Really? And wow. We, yeah, we did that with... Uh, the proceeds that we raised from my dad's meeting that you and well, Greg oh, came over yeah, in yeah, 2013. Yeah. Wilbur and I came over, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we, we built a couple of spear bikes for that and the kids go and they can just try Speedway and if they like it, then they can come and buy a bike. So that's what we try and, and do for the juniors. Um, although we could do more, uh, you're always restricted. Uh, on the time you've got in your own life, um, to put forward, but Tom, who works for us, he's uh, he's one of the trainers there. He goes down um, every other Saturday um, and helps the kids out. So yeah, it's, it works good. Oh, another good kid, this kid Tom that works with him, Tom Woolley. He's, I mean, the, he, if you put it like the Hughes family, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So they've got the same kind of people working in there. You know, Tom's like just an amazing kid all yeah, around. Tom. Yeah. Tom's been with us uh, since 2008, so 10, 10 years now. How old is he then? And, uh, Young. Yeah, I think, I think he just left school. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, he's been working with us. He's, he's, he's built, built the business up with us. Uh, he rides himself at Buxton. So he knows everything about a bike, uh, which then feeds back to the customers. So if a customer phones up with a problem, we can answer the questions. So. You need uh, customer service in any business. And I think, especially Speedway, with it being so specialist. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and you guys are a one-stop shop. We try to be. So you can we try to be. 
you can buy a suit, you can buy helmets, gloves, goggles, you can buy, I mean, you can, you can walk in there with, or you can drive in there with your empty van and you can walk out and go straight to the track and go ride. Wow. You know, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We had a, a lad came in on, I think it was Monday. He had a big crash at uh, Glasgow and he completely wrote his bike off. I mean, completely. I think the only thing he saved was the back wheel and the engine. And uh, Tom, Tom spent most of the day with him and basically rebuilt his bike so he can go riding again. In one day? So we've got a little work. In one day, yeah. Um, they had new new front wheel, new diamond, forks, rear frame, everything. But Tom, Tom knuckled in and helped him rebuild it and uh, the lad got back on the track. So that's... We try we try and help as many people as we can. Um, you guys do as much as we can. Yeah, and uh, you're, you're new. But that's the way my dad. That's the way my dad built the business up. Um, so we continue to do that. Yeah. Do you also show up on the on the race days with a big van so they can? Yeah, not not so much now. We we do the Grand Prix in Cardiff, but we we don't do the tracks as much, um, just because uh, the internet is so fast now, and people can order the parts after the race, and they've got the parts the next day. Um, there are people still going to the tracks with the vans, but it's it's getting fewer and fewer, I think. That used to be huge, actually, Stefan. That the track vans, and they they were quite active. Morgan and or Joe back in the day. They had a yeah. that went to specific events around the UK on race nights. And I mean, we relied on that as riders that and you didn't order it all the time ahead of time. You just went to the track and it was there or you could order it even last minute before they were leaving their office to go to the race. You say, hey, listen, I need this and this and this or I need some extra tubes and I need some clutch plates and, and a throttle cable. And can you bring it tonight to the track? And it came there in a parcel ready to go. You walked up, you grabbed it and you left. Oh, it was really, yeah. really, really effective. Yeah, I mean, you know now, Greg, that you've you've probably got that much equipment that you don't need to uh, a spares van as such because you've got the spares with you all the time. I was just going to say that you know what that's probably the reason why is now we carry such a variety of spare parts in the cars with us and the and the quality of the parts today. You know, if depending on the quality yeah, yeah. of the parts, they don't break unless you have a big crash, and if you have a big crash, you end up on your second bike anyway. Maybe the big crash. Destroys yeah, your bike. And all right. You can't go. Yeah. But then again, we carry so much stuff with us now that um, we don't want to miss anything. So you've got to have you got to have plenty of gear with you. And the demand, if Morgan, you know, he said this earlier too, that the sport has gotten more professional and and all these things. But the demand, not just the Grand Prix from the league racing, uh, especially Poland and Sweden these days too. UK, I can't comment on so much because I'm not there myself, but. I think the demand is so high for for uh, performance that if you show up with something that's excuse the expression half ass, but if you show up with something half ass, everybody's going, "What are you doing with that?" It's like showing up with a, a used tire. You just oh. don't show up with a used tire, right? <laughs> you always got to have new tires on. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's the level the sport has gotten so high. So you've got to be ready. It's we have to spend more money with guys like Morgan and stuff to make sure that we're, we're prepared. Yeah, there's, that's, that's, that's true. You know, guys are changing parts on the bikes a lot more. 
just to have the upper edge. Yeah. Uh, clutch plates being being one of the parts. Uh, we sell thousands of clutch plates. Yeah. Um, and they should last a long time, but Greg will tell you tell us that if yeah. you've got a newer clutch in there, you've got a better chance of getting to the first corner first. And that's where a lot of speedway races are won, is get to the first corner. So that's a secret. Uh, it's uh, it's not really <laughs> a secret. secret. It's actually <laughs> it's actually the truth. And it's the <laughs> I got a guy like Luke Becker who's with us still and, and uh we've been helping him all year and advising him and he keeps wanting to buy new plates and new stuff and i'm like hang on a second i have such a stock of used plates that you can go through and they're plenty good i can still win 95 percent of the races on these plates but that extra five percent that i need in a good plate that will make sure that i win every single heat i gotta have it mm. so then i have to rotate my plates more frequently so i i spend without a doubt as morgan would say too and and RAF and the other companies that, that supply the, the products. I think clutch plates must be one of the number one sales because you've got to have them. And Luke digs through my yeah. spare piles of what I've got. And he's like, dude, these are, some of these are still pretty good. You know, and I'm like, yeah, use them, beat them up. I'll send yeah. you a bill later. That's one thing that has changed. <laughs> people, <laughs> people used to use the clutch plates and get more wear out of them before they changed them. But people are changing a lot more to get the upper edge. Right. Yeah. And you got to do it. I mean, I remember Morgan numerous times over the years, like I might've gone through one of those up and down spells and you would call me up, dude, you need some plates or you don't look like as sharp as you were before. Are you sure you're doing this and doing that? So he's, even though he's the sales yeah. guy and he's the parts supplier, he still watches everything and he knows how everybody watch all the time. How they, yeah. How they work and what they do. And, he would call me and in the end you end up going that extra mile or trying something new that maybe he on the had on the market or someone else brought some other product that came through his shop and hey, have you thought about trying this and then uh I always try it i always try it whether i believe in it or They're not always try it. yeah you gotta find the edge that winning edge that's right that's right and we've done that numerous yeah. times and and uh, Morgan's been good to kind of let me know that, hey, there's something new on the market. If you haven't heard about it, maybe you ought to look into it. And again, that's where the, the connection is. And that's where that, that discount that started with his dad has always given paid back dividends, so to speak. Yeah, that's so cool. We're pretty lucky to have guys like, like him in the market. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just the business. I mean, yeah, uh, it's a friendship, isn't it, Greg, really? You know? Hence why you're coming to our wedding. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's right. It's there's yeah, no, no yeah. question, right? So is, is it a lot of things to do left to the wedding or are you, you call? Oh, I think we're all pretty much set. Um, Christine uh, picked the dress up uh, yesterday. So she's all set with the dress. I picked my suit up on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, we're all, we're all looking good. Um, got any branding on your no, no, <laughs> no, no company logo. <laughs> uh, you know how no, to do we, that? Uh, we've got put it on the put it on the on the shoes under the shoes. So so when you when you walk in the stand, you got. A, I like I like that idea. That could work. Joe shoes sticker on my wedding shoes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are they going to be Daytona's? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, nah, no. Nah. But no, that'd be good. Um, we've got some uh, 
some great people come in. Uh, like I say, Greg's come in. Uh, I think Ty's going to try and make it. Um, a good friend of my dad's and mine, uh, Barry Briggs, is going to make it. I think. Oh, great! Uh, um, it should be. It should be really good. And we'll have a bit of a party afterwards too. Oh, fantastic! That sounds uh, great. Yeah. Oh, that's that's super super cool. Well, I mean, it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a big day for everybody. And and uh, we, you even mentioned about doing the podcast on your during the wedding time in the in the message when we were talking about this. I'm like, dude, that's your wedding yeah, day. This yeah. is your day. We can't. <laughs> But I like your style. Well, we might, have, we, might, we might have to do another podcast. That's yeah, well, hey, yeah, that's right. Just, uh, if Life sense. Yeah, if you start to see me you could, uh, this, this blue microphone, you better be you better be nervous. Microphone. Yeah. You could get some world champions there. Yeah, on your podcast. Oh yes, I might just have oh. to. Uh, there might have to be a few mini clips. <laughs> you just put the microphone on the table, <laughs> and nobody knows now. <laughs> It's censored. <laughs> I'm sure you can organize that. Totally. Well, you know what, Morgie? I mean, we you can see that, you know, we talked about the podcast before, but you can see that the time, the time can fly and we could talk for hours and days. And Oh, man. And yeah. We've been on the phone. How, oh. how long have we been on now? An hour? Wow. Yeah, at least. <laughs> it's probably over an hour. And, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's always yeah. like this, but we always do every guest that we've had, fortunately, and we've had some some really cool people that have agreed to join us like you and and uh, you know you yeah. you finished the podcast saying like i hope we can do this again because we need to elaborate more and uh, eventually i really hope that we can talk more because there's a lot of stories to be told people might not care about oh it, yeah but there's a lot of stuff out there that you might find rather <laughs> rather uh intriguing <laughs> and it's a cool oh yes story. i've got some stories just like you have <laughs> oh, oh yeah there's a lot of stories that we want to tell and there's a lot of stories that we probably shouldn't tell but uh you never know one or two might <laughs> slip out here and there <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure well morgie we all right dude no it's been great talking to you and uh likewise i could join you on your podcast thank you for and, joining uh us. so look forward to seeing your guy uh, you on there uh, on monday and uh thanks very much having me hey thank you too and we wish both you and christine and and uh, everybody on the day uh, a big congratulations ahead of time and wish you a lot of luck good weather and uh, maybe a cold pint or two <laughs> perfect <laughs> morgie thanks again buddy yeah you take it easy and uh we'll be seeing you sooner than later thank you no problem dude thanks mate you got it Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out, yeah. Today is a new day, let's seize it now and get hype. We talking about our careers, our family and just life, yeah. Share my story with you, inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live, I keep episodes on replay, Hey, Real 45, yeah, Real 45, show them how we do it, man, yeah.